0: The Colorado Equals Security Podcast is your local source for regional security news, local events, and interviews with key individuals in the region. Now, here are your hosts, Rob Reck and Alex Wood. Welcome to Colorado Equals Security. This is the newscast for episode 107 for the week of March 4th. Uh, you get to hear me introducing the podcast again, so that means Rob is still unavailable. Uh, We're in a a weird time between vacation and RSA, so this week you actually get to hear me do the newscast by myself. So this is the first time I get to do that. Rob did it once before, so let's see how it goes. Uh, Before I get into the news, some announcements. Of course we do have a Slack channel, so go ahead and check that out. We have just about 800 people in there now discussion you should definitely check it out go to the website colorado-security.com for a link to that slack channel we also have a mailing list that you can find on colorado-security.com if you sign up you will get a copy of the show notes emailed to you every week also please rate us and subscribe to the podcast whether that's through itunes google play or whatever your favorite podcast subscription service is Uh, The better ratings we have, the more likely we we are to get found by other folks that would be interested in the podcast. And if you are willing to support us financially, we would love to have you sign up as a patron uh, on Patreon. Uh, We have a couple of different subscription levels there, but all the money that we get goes right into the podcast and the website and all the other things that we do with Colorado Equal Security, Um, putting all that right back into the community. And if you're not willing to support with financial means, uh, we would love for you to just tell a friend about Colorado Equal Security and get them involved in the Colorado Equal Security movement. Uh, before we get into the news, I would like to thank a new patron, Susan Bullwinkle of Evo Tech. Thanks, Susan, for signing up to support us through Patreon. Uh, Susan signed up at that $10 a month level, so she gets this shout out on the show and uh, also gets a free t-shirt. So we'll be getting that out to Susan. Um, She does work for a company called Evotech, and I believe we're gonna have some uh, additional announcements from them in the the coming weeks here. So uh, take a look out for that. Uh, Jumping into the news. First, did you know that Colorado is home to the world's largest independent beer keg owner? So MicroStar Logistics, um, they've tripled their output and become the largest independent owner of beer kegs in the world. They're basically a service provider uh, that works with different breweries. Instead of the breweries having to own and maintain their supply of kegs, MicroStar does that. Uh, they supply them to the brewery. When they're done, they clean them, they transport them, they get them back to where they need to be. Uh, so the, they have grown from 500,000 new keg fills, in 2014 to a million and a half fills per year uh, presently. So these are also new, that is not total. So the amount that they are doing in new um, has tripled in that time, pretty cool. Uh, They are based down in Lodo and uh, they have just had phenomenal growth. One of those uh, growth points is with uh, Constellation, which is uh, the brewer of, of brands like Corona and Modelo and Pacifico. Anyway, in case you didn't know it, we are the home of beer kegs. Uh, in other growth news, Guild Education, which is a startup here that focuses on uh, working with companies to get their employees better educated and not just um, you know training for their jobs, but just general education. So they work with uh, fast food companies, retail, other entry level um, type jobs to help folks get high school and college diplomas, which is pretty cool. Uh, So they are based here in Denver. They're currently at about 240 employees and they are planning this year to double that to about 500 total employees. Uh, As part of that, they have leased some new space in Republic Plaza downtown on the 16th Street Mall. So uh, good luck to them. Sounds like they are doing well. Another business expansion here, Amazon, um, you know, fresh off of their their, uh, I don't know if you want to call it a disaster, their rejection of New York City for one of their H2, HQ2 sites uh, has leased some space at 1515 Wincoop. This is essentially the, uh, the spot that uh, Chipotle has vacated as they move their headquarters to California. So Amazon had previously been building their team here. Uh, they were using some co-working space, but they have gotten to the point now where they need. Uh, some real space so they've signed on for three floors of space at 1515 Windcoop. also just happens to be the same location that red canary is located Uh, one more startup uh, piece of news here strava um, which is a uh, physical fitness startup that they do uh, tracking of your workouts and that sort of thing their headquarters is in san francisco but they have a very large presence here in denver and they just leased some new space at 1414 Wazi uh, down in Lodo. Um, they have about 150 employees here now, and they're uh, only planning to grow that to be larger. Again, another good sign for the, the startup scene here in Denver. Strava definitely seems to be doing, uh, growing and doing well. Next, uh, Denver is reported to be a top, top tech town for women but it could still do better. So this year, Denver was ranked in Smart Assets fifth annual survey for best cities for women in tech. And we were ranked at number 15, which is two spots up from where we were last year. Uh, This is down a little bit from the best ranking that we've had, which was um, several years ago at number eight. Um, The survey shows that women in tech make about fifty four thousand five hundred dollars after housing costs uh, in Colorado and uh, there is about an 89% um, pay gap Uh, that's a little bit misleading I think that means that the the pay for women in tech is about 89% what it is for uh, men in tech so that is a, a relatively good thing obviously we want that to be even better Um, It is five percentage points better than the national average, which is 84%. Uh, So I mentioned we are number 15. The number one on this list was actually Washington, D.C., so good for Washington, D.C. More on the women in tech here, um, and not just necessarily in tech, uh, but Deloitte has launched a program to help increase women on corporate boards. So they have a program that they've had in in several other cities and they saw a need for it here in Colorado, so they have launched that. The first cohort of folks going through the program has uh, 19 women that hopefully will end up on corporate boards in the not-too-distant future. There are um, 27 of the 111 public companies in Colorado have boards with 20% women or more. Um, leading that is Red Robin which has a 50% uh, ratio of women to men on their corporate board so good for Red Robin. Uh, Glad to see that this is happening Um, I think diversity is extremely important always great to get more voices in the room so um, getting more women onto corporate boards is definitely a good thing. Uh, Next article there was an announcement from Central High School in uh, where is this? It's in Western College, uh, Colorado. I believe it is in uh, Grand Junction. Uh, but the, the interesting piece about this is Central High School will be one of seven high schools that students can earn a free associate's degree um, for participating in a STEM program there. Um, there is a, a program called Pathways in Technology Early College High Schools um, which is what it, it is run through. This is a, a state of Colorado program and it pays for the, uh, the students at the, these high schools, these seven high schools, to get a free two-year degree as part of completing high school. So when they are done, they will have an associate's degree um, in one of these science-related fields. So that is pretty cool. Um, On the Front Range the STEM School in Highlands Ranch is one of these seven schools so um, if you have a kid at at STEM School in Highlands Ranch they would be eligible for this program. Pretty cool stuff. Uh, Next, Um, there was an announcement from CenturyLink. Um, As we all know CenturyLink um, and Level 3 merged within the last year. Um, As part of that Level three had a threat research group um, that is obviously now part of CenturyLink and they have uh, rebranded themselves and they are now called Black Lotus Labs. So uh, this is uh, Mike Benjamin and his folks up there doing a lot of botnet takedowns uh, and other threat research. So now they have their own uh, their own cool name as part of CenturyLink that we can refer to them to. I'm sure they're gonna be doing the same cool stuff that they've always been doing. Uh, one of the things they've been talking about lately is talking about the the takedown of the Necker's botnet, uh, so we have a link here that uh, that talks a little bit about that and the the new name of Black Lotus Labs. Uh, another announcement here: Route 9B announced that they have completed their expansion of their Colorado Springs-based Global Adversary Pursuit Center. So um, I would normally call it a SOC or Security Operations Center, but they have a, a fancier name for it. Um, when I uh, interviewed one of the Route 9B folks. I have got a chance to go see their uh, their previous site. I think it may be uh, the same location but a a new expanded area. Uh, but they the have now expanded to 12,000 square feet, which can house more than 150 cybersecurity professionals down there at their headquarters in Colorado Springs. This includes their 24 by 7 Security Operations Center, um, excuse me, Global Adver- Adversary Pursuit Center. Uh, so that uh, is good for Uh, Route 9B. Glad to see that they are still growing down there in the Springs. Next, uh, we had a blog from Ping Identity this week talking about API governance. Uh, API governance, a vital building block for API security. Uh, So this is talking about uh, just general governance of APIs, which I think, you know, is not a direct security responsibility, but is something that I think we can all agree will lead to better security of APIs. If you look at any of the the security standards, you know, one of the first things that they ask you to ask you to do is uh, to make sure that you have a good asset in inventory, understand what it is that you have, and that's some of the things that we're talking about here with API governance. You know, so tracking lifecycle of APIs, um, you know, what are the consumers and subscriptions and relationships around those APIs? You know, what's the schema? Um, who should be talking to them, you know, all the sorts of things that you need to know about those different APIs. Um, one, this helps, you know, all of your development teams understand what is out there and work better with these APIs. It's going to help security uh, so that you can know what's out there and what behavior that you should be expecting from your APIs so that you can better secure them. Um, all in all, a good article. Uh, definitely check that out if you want to learn more about API governance. Uh, next, WebRoot had a blog post this week uh, talking about ransomware. Um, I think we've talked a lot less recently about ransomware. Um, you know my thought was you know maybe it's decreasing but the the subject of the blog is ransomware threat isn't over it's evolving. Uh, so they're talking about you know what the the current state of ransomware is, how it's getting delivered, um, you know what sort of trends they're seeing, how, they're, how people are, are trying to infect folks with ransomware, you know, what those mechanisms are. Uh, Good blog here talking about where we are today with ransomware, so check that one out too. And then the final piece of news that we have this week, uh, we have a blog from Virtual Armor. Uh, Virtual Armor is a managed security service provider here in town, and they have a blog talking about crafting a comprehensive cybersecurity incident response program. Uh, So if you're looking to start an incident response program, this is a a good blog to check out, get a good overview of the steps that you need to take to start one of those. So that is it for the news. Let's jump over and talk about our Slack message of the week. So as you know, uh, we have a Slack message of the week every week to highlight our Slack channel. And thanks again to Andre Gaeta who sponsors the Slack message of the week. Uh, He's been doing this for an awfully long time and he does it out of the goodness of his heart and the bounty of his pocketbook. So thanks again, Andre. We appreciate you being a sponsor of this segment. So this week's Slack message of the week um, comes from Benjamin Edelin, who is the, uh, the CISO at the city of Boulder. And he had an announcement on the Slack channel this week about a, an internship that they have. And while I believe we actually talked about this, um, uh, we, well, sorry, we will talk about this in the jobs uh, this week also, but I wanted to sort of double highlight this because I think internships are extremely important. Um, it really is helpful for the security community g- to get more people into the workforce. Um, and I wanted to highlight the fact that the internship there in the city of Boulder can either be a summer internship or it can be up to a six-month internship. So if you are someone that is looking to get some experience, or you have a you know a child that is a student or you know, someone that is looking to get into the field, I think this would be a great opportunity. Anyway, um, I wanted to congratulate uh, Benjamin Edelin in the city of Boulder on getting their internship in place and highlight that a little bit. Uh, We will connect him with Andre and get him his prize, which is um, something free out of the Colorado Equals Security store. Of course, you can find that store on the website, colorado-security.com. There is a, a link in the hamburger menu for the store actually added a whole bunch of new items to the store this week. So you should want, if you haven't been there in a while, you might wanna go check that out as well. All right, well, let's move over to events. Um, first, we wanna, uh, again, highlight Snowfrock. Tickets are on sale now. Um, if you haven't gotten your tickets, get them soon so that you can get out there to the uh, Front Range OWASP Conference. It is coming up here on the 14th. So I would imagine they're gonna be selling out pretty soon. Uh, The first event for the week, uh, NCDC is doing their Beyond Bitcoin Blockchain 101 for Beginners on the 6th of March. SecureSet is doing a Hacking 101 with PowerShell on the 7th. ASIS, which is the the physical security organization, um, is doing their PSA Tech, which is their uh, March 2019 meeting. And this is on the 11th to the 14th. Of, uh, of March, so check that out. On the 12th, Secure Set is doing a beginner's intro to capture the flag. On the 12th and 13th, ISSA Denver is doing their March meetings. Um, of course, on the 12th, this is lunch in Boulder and then dinner downtown and on the 13th at lunch in the tech center. Uh, we already mentioned it, but Snowfrock is on the 14th. Also on the evening of the 14th is CTA's C-Level at Mile High. Uh, so this is a, um, an executive networking event. Um, basically, they get a whole bunch of people together. Um, great way to network. You can uh, talk to a bunch of what they call celebrities there. Um, those are CIOs, CISOs, other folks in the community that have, uh, have volunteered uh, to essentially Uh, give their time as a donation so people can bid to get time with these celebrities. Uh, Anyway, great event, you should definitely check that out. And that is the last event that we have coming up in the next two weeks. Uh, So let's go ahead and jump over to jobs. Uh, First, Ping Identity is still trying to fill their manager of security operations and engineering job. So if you are someone that uh, can run a security operations team, go ahead and and check that one out. Reach out to Rob and, and talk to him. Vail Resorts is looking for a director of information security, governance, risk, and compliance. Um, Ryan Dunn, who had that position previously, has left and is uh, taking a new opportunity. Uh, So uh, reach out to Ian Buxton and and learn more about that if you like governance, risk, and compliance, and maybe skiing. Uh, Survey Gizmo is looking for a senior governance, risk, and compliance analyst. I'm sensing a a trend here. Uh, Survey Gizmo also, I believe, had a couple other um opportunities open as well. So um, if GRC is not your bag, uh, check them out anyway. Uh, Lark IT and Security uh, is looking for a senior DevOps engineer. So this is not a direct security role, but I think with any DevOps kind of position, you're gonna have some security impact. City of Boulder, as I mentioned, has their IT security internship. IHS Market is looking for an associate general counsel for privacy and cybersecurity risk. So, this is the second week in a row we've had a, a legal position related to cybersecurity in the job rundown. Pretty cool. Aero Electronics is looking for a cybersecurity automation engineer. American Mortgage Consultants is looking for an information security analyst. Nelnet is looking for an IT risk analyst. First Bank Holding Company is looking for an information security project analyst. And Janice Henderson is looking for a security analyst as well. So that is it for the jobs this week, and that closes out our newscast. So coming up is our feature interview. Uh, This week, I sat down with Jimmy Woodard. Uh, I had a nice conversation with him about uh, who he is and what he does. He has recently started the CTF uh, discussion on our Slack channel. Uh, So he is kind of the man leading that up. I think he's got a a passion for CTFs and wanted to get folks involved and and out there doing some CTFs. Uh, So listen to the interview and then check out the uh, CTF channel on the the Slack workspace. Uh, So that's it for now. And we will talk to you next week. Hi, this is Vincent Grimard, CSO at Nelnet. Welcome to Colorado Equals Security for Colorado security professionals by security professionals. Welcome back to Colorado Equal Security. This is our feature interview segment, and today I have a very special guest, Jimmy Woodard. Welcome, Jimmy.
1: Thanks, Alex. How Thanks are you for doing? Having
0: me. Good. Good. Thanks. Appreciate you coming down and, and talking to me a little bit today. Um, I'm guessing that if people are on the Slack channel, they probably have seen your name before, but I think most people probably don't know who you are. So, why don't we start out with that? Sure. Who the heck are you?
1: I'm, uh, I'm Jimmy Woodard. I'm uh, currently a security and compliance engineer at Contegix. Um, currently, that's about 90% security, uh, 10% compliance side. Um, I've been there for about eight years now, and I moved over to the security team uh, just two months ago. So nice. security. the security role is sort of new to me. Um, when I first started at uh, the company, it was actually a, another company, Black Mesh, which ended up getting acquired by Contegix. Um, When I was at, when I I started at Black Mesh, I was like the fifth employee there. Um, And now we've grown to over 250, I believe. Uh, So early on when when we were first starting out, you know, when your team's that small, you have to do a little bit of everything. So throughout the years, I would always try and like make my niche security, you know, even though I was on support or help desk or whatever, I would try and you know, just go a little bit further with security. You know, it was always always an interest to me. So, uh, when when the opportunity came up on the security
0: team, you know, I, I jumped for it. So, is this your first full time security role? Yeah. Yep. That, that's awesome. So it sounds like you've had a, a bunch of different experiences though. Um, help desk support, that kind of stuff, kind of all leading up to this.
1: Right. Um, like I said, I, I started. Uh, my my very first job when I was like sixteen was a was a help desk at a small uh, web host. So nice. I mean, I, I've never had a non-technical job. Um, at, at Black Mesh, I worked my way up to knock uh, manager, uh, and then just uh, that that's what the position I held just prior to
0: coming to uh, security. Okay. Um, so what was the what was your thinking? Why was it that you were interested in the security portion of it? What drew you to that?
1: I mean, I've I've always been, I think I've always been, you know, interested in security. I've been the type to, you know, just take take things apart as a small kid, um, just really try to see how things work, you know? You see a sign that says, do not enter employees only, and you wanna know what's in there. Um, grew up reading 2600, the Hacker Quarterly, at a young age. Yeah. Uh, you know my father was in the intelligence community um, as a something like a sysadmin. Uh, you know ever since I was a kid so even in the early 80s you know, I was born in 85 even even in the, the mid late 80s you know I was around BBS's and
0: stuff like that so nice good stuff so uh, obviously to to move from a non security role to a security role yeah have to have some Experience in doing the security pieces, right? So, uh, I'd imagine you've done stuff on your own uh, to try and, you know, hone your skills, do the security, scratch the security itch. I guess. Yeah,
1: ab- absolutely. Um, I mean, I, I keep a home lab at home, uh, participate in CTFs, which is actually why you asked me to come in to, today to talk a little bit about uh, yeah. the involvement in my involvement in CTFs and, uh, you know, how we, how we can get more people interested in in that on the Slack
0: channel and stuff like that. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, so exactly. So um, over the past, I don't know, a couple of weeks or so, it, sounds, it seems like there's been some more chatter in, in the Slack group about um, about doing CTFs and about, uh, you know, people interested in that kind of stuff. And so I think, I guess it was, was it just last week that, um, you know, you popped up and said, hey, can we start a, a CTF channel? And so, you know, so you're kind of the, the founder of, of that piece of, of the world in there. So, you know what, what was your, your thinking around around doing that just just the
1: the need for one you know um i was getting started on uh texas m was hosting a, a ctf this this past week um it was a seven day long competition uh usually most most ctfs aren't that long um so i, I knew i was gonna try and compete in it and I, I just wanted to see if i could get a couple other people involved and and luckily, it, you know, it worked. We, we actually did pretty well. Um, the competition's not over yet, but last I, I checked, we were in like the top 10% of, uh, nice. of all public uh, the, the public teams and the teams in the public
0: bracket, rather. That's awesome. How many people did you get participating with you?
1: Um, I think at most that I know about was maybe four, four people. Um, and there was one other one that actually scored a couple of the challenges uh, for us. So between me and that guy, we did, we did pretty well. Nice. Considering it was just two of us.
0: Oh no, that's good. So uh so what really what drew your interest to doing CTFs? Um I don't know. I think probably
1: probably seeing it at DEF CON. Um at DEF CON there's there's like three main formats for for most CTFs. Uh there's the attack and defend, which is the kind they have at DEF CON, or the, which which was I believe historically the first one at DEF CON. Um where you're given like you know, a a network with some hosts on it and uh, or maybe it's just one host and it has some some services on it, you know, probably vulnerable or well definitely vulnerable services running on it and uh, your team's job is to not only secure your services but then go and attack the other team's vulnerable services. Um, So once everybody, you know, you get a set amount of time um, uh, to You know, blue teams can up the defense and, uh, you know, the red teams can start start looking at attack vectors uh, on those services that that they have deployed on on their machines. And uh, you know, once the time runs out, it's it's go time. Everybody connects up to the network and then it's just uh, uh, basically a war game, you know, mass chaos. Right. Um, That's that's one type. Um, I've never played in that type before. there's the second type, uh, which is jeopardy. Um, that gives you uh, like kind of kind of different categories, and then in, in those uh, each category will have different challenges. And then um, some challenges will be worth more points because they're harder. The easier ones will be worth less points. Uh, this, uh, it's popular for um, a CTF to have the points. Uh, the point value drop as the competition goes on okay. like the more people that solve a particular challenge the the less the that you 'll get for solving that particular challenge um, sometimes uh, questions or or uh, challenges will rem- remain hidden until you solve uh, like their prerequisites um, that 's pretty common uh, and so that's that's basically the way Jeopardy works, um, and then there's a third type of CTS, which is mixed, which is kind of like a combination between the first one, but it'll also have you know a specific time frame where you're doing some of the the, the Jeopardy
0: style um, challenges. Nice. And uh, which style was the Texas A&M uh, competition?
1: Uh, this one was a Jeopardy challenge, and uh, the reason, the other reason uh, besides the length of this one. Um, that drew me to this one was it's a uh, one put on by a university and those are typically a little bit easier you know um, nobody wants to go into a, a CTF their first time and like not get anywhere on it you know like y- you probably won't, you'll probably right. just be turned off to the idea you know so I mean this is the, and this is the best I've ever done on a CTF too so like my interest in them has has probably exploded more than it than it ever has uh, in, in previous CTFs
0: Nice. So uh, I know that you, there's probably not a, you know, a super big strategy behind, uh, you know, creating the, the CTF channel and, and what you're thinking about there. But, you know, what, what are your thoughts? What, what are you looking to, to gain out of getting people involved in that, the channel?
1: Uh, well, like, I think my, my real goal is I'm actually interested in bug bounty, right? And, okay. and a lot of the CTF challenges kind of scratch that itch a little bit. You know, but I, but my technical skills I don't feel like are to where I can actually be out hunting uh, for bugs. Um, I, I just don't feel like that's a you know a proper use of my time right now, just with with my current skill set. Um, so it scratches that bug bounty itch, and who knows? Maybe we can get the best people from that CTF group to actually start you know doing like group bug
0: bounty type type stuff. Nice. So um, I, I think I saw a couple on the list that you have. Do you have uh, specific ones that you're aiming at, the group participating in coming up? Um,
1: um, yeah, so I'm basically just looking at, there's a website that, that basically keeps track of, uh, of all the CTFs that happen, and they also keep an aggregate score of how well each team does in, in every competition uh, throughout the year. So... Um, I'm sorry. What was the question? Yeah.
0: No. So, uh, so, what's what's the plan? Are you, what's coming up? What are you? What oh, you right, list? right. Yeah.
1: Um. So basically, I just look at that list, and if there's a, an English uh, language CTF, um, you know, it's going to go on the events uh, list. On, or I'll send it to you, and you can put it up on the events uh, calendar, on uh, Colorado Eco Security.
0: Yeah. So, I, I think that that's going to be pretty cool it's always great for people to have a place to practice their skills, to get better at their skills. And now we've got you know, sort of a, a semi-organized group of people that can get together and, and do this stuff on, on specific challenges. Um, you know, we, we've got the Slack channel where people can come and talk about it. You guys can share what's going on, you know, your, what you're doing on the individual uh, CTFs. And then, yeah, as you mentioned, um, you know, as you guys work as a team in different ones, we'll, we'll post on the events uh, calendar you know when there's going to be a ctf coming up so people can go there and look see that there's a ctf coming up and if they've got the time and want to want to participate then they can jump in with the, the Colorado Equal security team that's in there
1: yeah the next one is actually uh i think it's i believe it's this coming monday it's the b-sides uh, san francisco uh, ctf so that one nice. should be a pretty good one as well
0: that should be a good one um, i will won't be at b-sides but i'll be in san francisco for for rsa so um, if i run into any colorado people that are out there i'll i'll tell them that they should be participating in that so and that one actually that's an online and in person one right if i remember right
1: that is correct um a lot of the time some of the ctfs will have like prizes so if you if you're usually they're only uh you know you're only eligible for the prizes if you're in in person <clears throat> but uh i mean the y- there's all kinds of formats you know there's online there's in person there's online and in person so
0: Nice. Um, well, I'm really excited to, to get this going. I think that there's going to be a desire from people uh, to have more time to hone their technical skills and, you know, have a, It is always sort of intimidating, right? You know, there might be a CTF that's out there. Um, you don't know where to start. You don't know if, how hard it's going to be. You don't know if you're going to be any good at it. I think this will really help and, and kind of get people, you know, pushed and going in that direction have a group of people they can talk to figure out what's going on Um, you know probably some coaching too right if somebody figures out some of the some of the challenges and other people can't figure them out then you know talk through it figure out you know what it is that you had to do to to get that uh, get that flag and and get everybody learning
1: absolutely Uh, like I said it's one of the worst feelings in the world entering a a CTF you know that's that's not a a beginner one and just not getting anywhere with it, and not having anybody to talk to. On top of that, about about that, you know. Um, and I've been there before. You know, my first year CTF probably turned me off of the idea for, I would say, three or four years. I would say. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I, I really want to prevent that from happening to to any as many people as possible. You know.
0: Yep. Yeah, I think this would be a great opportunity too. We have a lot of people that are in the community that are either new to security or are students. Um, you know again you know another avenue for people to get involved and, and get those that experience and get those skills so uh, I'm looking forward to see what happens so uh, uh, anything else you want to talk about related to CTFs or, or what's what you got going on
1: um, yeah I've got a couple of just common uh, questions that, that some people have uh, for CTFs here um, <clears throat> if you want to know more about the different uh, challenges the different the different scenarios um, within a, the Jeopardy type uh, CTF, um, those are, commonly you'll see things like web where you're given like a, a URL to scan and uh, you know, you start, start scanning it, maybe you uncover a directory that wasn't supposed to be, you know, have public access, who knows, maybe it has a file in it, you know, what's in the file, you know, that, that information could lead to another avenue or, or directory, which you you know you go check out, and then eventually you get the flag, and uh, the flag in, in a CTF is meant to to represent, you know, the data that that we want to protect, right, or right. or that that the bad guys are, are usually after. It's it's going to be your you know, personally identifiable information, you know, health information, financial information, stuff like that. So the flag, is a representation of that that type of data, right, and. Uh, Sometimes you'll you'll you know you'll log onto a server and you won't have the correct rights to to read uh, the the file that has the flag info in it and uh, you know you'll need to to figure out a way to to escalate your privileges and then gain access to that to that data um, so it, it it CTFs do have a lot of of real world uh, you know scenarios that you might find actually in the in the real world so it's 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 not just a, a game it's it's actually real practice for uh for real, real world scenarios um some of the other different types of uh challenges you'll see are like forensic or uh steg- 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 not, i can't say it steganography steganography <laughs> thank you uh where where you'll have like data hidden inside of pictures or maybe there's a file uh that's been um, encoded in another file and you have to you know file scrape it out is what they call it um, uh, you know sometimes the flag will be hidden in a PDF but it'll be hidden as like a jPEG you know um, there are uh, binary challenges where you're actually uh, you know using a disassembler to look at the assembly code and um, Try and do things like you know buff, buffer overruns and stuff like that to to obtain the flag. Um, another another uh, topic that I'm not very good at is uh, crypto, um, and that's that's all aspects of cryptography. Uh, one of the the solutions to the recent um, TAMU CTF uh, was one where they gave you ciphertext and it was just Morse code. And you know you you uh, transform that into to text, and then that text was I, I recognize it as being uh, hex ASCII, so I just decoded that, and then you know got the flag within the plain text there. Um, some of the other common ones will be like analysis. So you'll be analyzing things like packet captures, um, and they'll give you a scenario like, hey, we know the web server was attacked. Uh, they exfiltrated this data. Can you tell us, you know, what what ports were they using to exfiltrate? What what protocols? Things like right. that. And then the answers will then unlock the the flag for that question. So, I mean, it's all around. It's there's there's no matter what your specialty is in in security, there's probably you know a category within most Jeopardies where you you at least have some idea of what you're doing. You know.
0: Nice. Cool. What else?
1: Um, if, you, if you're more interested in uh, doing CTFs or, or just seeing how they run, you know, checking out some of the answers to, to uh, past CTFs uh, we've participated in, just stop in the CTF channel at uh, Colorado-Security.slack.com
0: and uh, say hi. Nice. Yeah, so uh, if you go to the colorado-security.com website, there's a link there. that will take you to Slack, or you can go to colorado-security.slack.com and get to the workspace, join the the CTF channel there, find more information, hit Jimmy up. Um, We'll have, uh, as these come out, we'll get these uh, events um, on the event calendar, so you guys will be able to see them in advance, and then uh, we'll... Start uh, showing everybody how great the Colorado security community is at, at CTFs. So it should be fun.
1: Yeah, hopefully we won't, we'll not have more than four in the next one.
0: Hey, got to start somewhere, right? Uh, I agree. Nice. Well, thanks, Jimmy. Uh, appreciate your time. Good talking to you. Yeah, thanks a lot, Alex. Thanks for having me. Um, I'm looking forward to see how the, the CTF channel grows. And this has been Colorado Equal Security. We will talk to you next time.